Willow Wind Farm, Betsy's Story, Chapter 13, A Visitor from Africa. It's been so long since we've had company, thought Betsy one day in March. She was getting bored with the same routine every day. Get up, ride to school, repeat the same old phonics and arithmetic, home from school, do chores, eat supper, do homework, go to bed. Every day the same old things. She wanted something different to happen. When she got home from school that day with Danny and her sisters, Mom was waiting for them in the kitchen. Her eyes were snapping and sparkling, and she looked as though she couldn't wait to tell them something. Betsy looked on their family bulletin board above the telephone. That was where all the important notices or news or letters were posted. Tacked up was a long, typed letter from Aunt Millie. I'm going to read it first, Mona reached out and took the letter from under the tack. No fair, you older kids always take the letters first, complained Julie. Read it aloud, Mona, said Mom. You can all hear it at the same time. Mona started to read. Dear family, I'm sorry it's been so long since I wrote. I've been extremely busy. Now I must write because I have a surprise for you. A Zambian friend of mine, Mrs. Kalulu, here Mona stumbled a little over the pronunciation, is going to the United States for some special study at the Institute in Michigan. But first, she will stop off and visit you at the farm. And later, she will visit Mom and Dad and Fran and Mickey and their family. She will call you when her plane lands in Chicago to tell you when she's coming. I think she wants to go by train to Winona. Mom interrupted Mona so she could read no further. Imagine, we got the letter today, and she called me from Chicago today. She'll be here tomorrow on the evening train. How long will she stay? asked Julie. She didn't say. Probably three or four days. She wants to spend a little time with Grandma and Grandpa, too. Betsy was thinking, I was wishing for some company, but I meant our cousins and aunts and uncles. I don't know if I'll like a stranger. She was always shy at first when someone new came to their house. She never knew what to say or do. Betsy caught her breath on the next thought. <gasps> Mom, what will the lady look like? I don't know. Like any African lady, I suppose. Will she have black skin? I imagine so, said Mom. She wasn't sure herself. Betsy thought about that for a while. There were almost no black families in their area. Betsy had never known any children with a different skin color from hers, not black or Chinese or any other kind. What will that lady eat, Julie wanted to know. You mustn't call her that lady. Her name is Mrs. Kalulu. Over the phone, she told me it's pronounced like this, Ka-lu-lu. Mom sounded out the name. Betsy wondered what it meant. The next day, Danny drove them home from school, and as soon as they had done their chores, Mom asked, who wants to go to the train depot with me? Betsy wanted to go, and she didn't want to go. She was not sure she would be able to understand Mrs. Kalulu, and yet she wanted to be one of the first to see her. Dorothy wanted to go most of all. She was not a bit frightened. Christine said she wanted to go, but she always said that, even if she had no idea where they were going. All right, Dorothy and Betsy and Christine can go. Carol and Mona, I need you here to finish the supper, and it's Julie's turn to help Danny with the milking. They drove to the train depot and asked if the train was on time. Ten minutes late, said the man behind the ticket counter. It seemed forever to wait. At last, they could hear the train whistle in the distance. All the passengers in the waiting room picked up their bags and went outside. Chuff, chuff, chuff. The train pulled to a stop. Many people got off. 
Betsy was wondering how they would recognize Mrs. Kalulu when out on the train steps there appeared a tall black lady. She was wearing an ordinary cloth coat, but hanging down below it was a colorful cotton skirt in a blue and white and yellow pattern. On the lady's head was a blue cloth wound around and around so that it stood up very high. That has to be Mrs. Kalulu, said Mom, and she stepped forward to introduce herself. The lady gave a big smile. Yes, I'm Mrs. Kalulu. So you are Angeline. I have heard so much about you from your sister. And are these lovely girls your daughters? She spoke in a beautiful low voice. That's not the way I thought an African lady would talk, Betsy said to herself. It sounds like something I've heard before, but I can't remember where. Betsy smiled shyly at Mrs. Kalulu, but stayed half hidden behind Mother. They stowed Mrs. Kalulu's two large suitcases in the trunk, and then they all got into the car. While they were driving along, Mrs. Kalulu, in the front seat next to Mother, was telling them all about her long trip. In the back seat, the girls listened in silence. She turned around and gave them a big smile. "'You talk different,' said Cat Christine. "'I do? Yes, I suppose I do sound rather strange to you. "'But your accent isn't familiar to me either,' answered Mrs. Kalulu with a laugh. "'Where did you go to school?' asked Mother. "'I went to Catholic boarding school in Rhodesia, "'and then I got my advanced training in England,' replied Mrs. Kalulu. "'Catholic?' asked Betsy in surprise. "'Are there Catholics in Africa, too?' Oh, yes, quite a few, laughed Mrs. Kalulu. Many people in our country believe in their African spirits and gods, and some are Muslims, but many are Christian. What are you here to study? Mom wanted to know. I trained for work in primary school, but now I wish to specialize in preschool education, Mrs. Kalulu explained in her deep voice. Betsy wondered what primary school was. Maybe it was another word for kindergarten. Oh, I must remember to call it grade school or elementary school when I'm here, Mrs. Kalulu corrected herself. They warned me about that in Zambia. I will have to learn all the different names you have for things here in the United States. They arrived home in about 20 minutes. Already, Betsy was getting used to Mrs. Kalulu's voice, but it still thrilled her to listen to it. It seemed to come from deep down inside Mrs. Kalulu, like somebody playing softly on a big drum. In the house... Mrs. Kalulu took off her coat, and her long dress flowed in folds around her. Then she unwound the cloth from her head. Betsy almost gasped in surprise. Never had she seen so many braids on one head. There seemed to be dozens of them, all going in neat rows to the back of Mrs. Kalulu's head. Everyone was as surprised as Betsy, but they were too polite to say anything. Even Christine could think of nothing to say. They sat down to eat, and Betsy was pleased to see that Mrs. Kalulu enjoyed the pot roast and mashed potatoes with gravy as much as she did. She ate some corn and some salad and some pickles, just like everyone else at the table. As they ate, Mrs. Kalulu told them all about her family. She had six children of her own, four girls and two boys. She would miss them while she was away studying. After the supper was over, she brought out the pictures of them to show around. Betsy was beginning to have an idea. Tomorrow was Friday, show-and-tell day in her second-grade class. She wondered if Mrs. Kalulu would come to school with her for show-and-tell. Wouldn't her class be surprised? Betsy went to her mother and whispered her idea in Mom's ears. Do you think she'd come? She asked when she was through. I don't know, said Mom out loud. Why don't you ask her? What does she want to ask me? Mrs. Kalulu wanted to know. Betsy was too shy to say it out loud. She wants to know if you will go to school with her and be her show-and-tell for tomorrow, chuckled Mom. 
I've heard of that practice in your schools, and I think it's a fine idea. It will get me started on my re-education. Of course I'll come with you tomorrow, Mrs. Kalulu promised Betsy. Could you come to our class, too? Dorothy asked. We don't have show-and-tell, but I'm sure the teacher would like it if you tell the kids about Africa. What about my class? Finally... It was agreed that Mrs. Kalulu would go to the principal's office first and arrange to visit all the classes in their school. The next day, Betsy could hardly wait to get to her classroom. She would have the biggest surprise for show and tell, that's for sure. Betsy saw their teacher, Mrs. Collar, get a message to come to the principal's office before she could talk to her. When Mrs. Collar returned, she made an announcement. Class, one of our children has brought a special visitor to school today. We will not have our regular show and tell. Instead, I want you to be thinking of questions to ask our visitor. She is from Africa. Africa, wow, cried one of the boys, and he made scratching motions on his head and under his arms like a monkey. That's as much as you know about Africa, said Betsy disgustedly. Just wait, you'll see. The morning seemed to pass by very slowly. Betsy wondered where Mrs. Kalulu was. She must be starting with the older grades first. At last, when the 11 o'clock bell sounded, there was Mrs. Kalulu at the door. Betsy, said Mrs. Collar, please introduce the lady to the class. Betsy stepped up to the front of the room. This is Mrs. Kalulu. She's a primary school teacher. She comes from Zambia. That's in Africa, where my Aunt Millie works. Betsy couldn't think of any more to say, so she sat down quickly. And this, and this is class two, Mrs. Collar waved an arm at them. I, they've never studied about Africa, but I'm sure they have many questions. Mrs. Collar looked a bit worried. She didn't want them to ask Mrs. Kalulu any embarrassing questions. First, Mrs. Kalulu showed them the country of Zambia on the globe. Then she told them about her family and about the city she lived in called Lusaka. She explained that her country was a new one. They had been independent only three and a half years. You may never have heard of us in Zambia, commented Mrs. Kalulu, but every day you probably use something that comes from Zambia. The class looked astonished. What could it be? Mrs. Kalulu went over and turned on the light. Electricity travels on copper wires, she explained. We produce a lot of copper in Zambia, and much of it is sent here to this country. Now, she concluded, who would like to ask the first question? "'Have you ever been to the jungle?' asked the same boy who made the monkey motions. "'We do not call it the jungle. We call it the bush, and yes, I've been there several times,' Mrs. Kalulu nodded and smiled. "'But remember, I live in a city much bigger than your town here.' "'Did you see any lions and tigers and elephants and gorillas and things like that?' "'Well, we do not have tigers in Africa, so I've never seen one. "'On my trips to the bush, I've seen elephants and many other beautiful animals.' gazelles and impalas, giraffes and zebras. But would you believe I have never seen a lion or a gorilla except in the London Zoo? Can you talk African? asked one of the girls in the front row. African isn't a country. It is a big continent, and there are many, many languages spoken there. There is no one language called African. There are hundreds of them, Mrs. Kalulu explained. Betsy listened carefully. She knew about some languages, because her grandma and grandpa spoke Polish, and her other grandparents had been German. That's why Dad could talk some German. She knew there was Spanish and French and Chinese and Russian, because Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Anne could say some words in all those languages. Would you like to hear me say something in my home language called Bemba? 
Mrs. Kalulu asked the class. They all wanted to hear what it sounded like. Mrs. Kalulu then said, Abali, Babili, Namano, Yabili. Mrs. Kalulu had them repeated after her. Then she explained it meant, where there are two people, there's double wisdom. In English, you would say two heads are better than one. Now, would you like to know what my name, Mrs. Kalulu, means? She asked. Kalulu is our word for hare. Not hare on your head, but the animal called a hare, something like a rabbit. You may have heard of the Br'er Rabbit stories. Well, those stories were brought to our people, by our people, to America, where they were forced to come long ago as slaves. The class was so quiet, you could hear Mrs. Collar's clock ticking on her desk. The door opened, and there was Sister Gerald, the principal. With her man, with her was a man carrying a camera and equipment and another lady. Class, these people are from the newspaper. They want to take some pictures of you and Mrs. Kalulu, announced Sister Gerald. Mrs. Kalulu continued to speak to the children while the man took pictures and the lady took notes on her pad of paper. Mrs. Kalulu was talking about the games the children liked to play in Zambia. Come up here, Betsy, and help me to demonstrate, beckoned Mrs. Kalulu. Betsy walked to the front again, and now Mrs. Kalulu took the hand of Christy in the front row. She stood Betsy and Christy back to back and showed them how to rock each other back and forth, saying a nonsense rhyme in Bemba. Flash! The photographer's light went off. He had taken a picture of Betsy and Christine with Mrs. Kalulu standing over them. Now it's time for lunch, Mrs. Kalulu. Come with me. You must be exhausted, said Sister Gerald. The class applauded and they went out the door. Mrs. Kalulu turned to wave goodbye. See you later, Betsy, she called out. Gee, you're lucky, said Christy. You get to talk to her about Africa some more. Betsy was beaming with pleasure. She knew that the class had enjoyed listening to Mrs. Kalulu. The next day, there was Betsy's picture in the paper with Christy and Mrs. Kalulu. I wanted something exciting to happen, said Betsy, and it really did. <laughs>